1: Welcome to the old time radio westerns. I am your host Andrew Rhines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Gunsmoke original air date September first, nineteen fifty seven, and the title is Job's Son. Let's get into it, and I hope you enjoy.
5: you go, Job. Drink her down. Yeah. Uh, what's in it? <laughs> it's just something to taste bad. So mm. you'll remember a doctor's been here. Mm. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Drink
3: it. Mm. <laughs> 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 I remember you been here all right. Oh, I don't <laughs> know
5: why I keep coming by all the time either. Oh. You know, you don't need doctor and Job. You're going to outlive us all. If it's the money, Doc... Oh, I... now forget about the money. If I'd wanted to get rich, I'd have gotten out of this game a long time ago. But I'll be able to pay regular
3: now that the boy is back. The bo... You mean Tad's back? Yeah. He'd he come in day before yesterday riding up like he'd just been to town for the mail. Instead of being gone four years. And... Well, what did he say where he'd been? No. No, Doc, he didn't. But it don't matter none now that he's home. Ah. Oh. Oh, say, it'll do you a lot of good, having not around. Huh? Yeah, that's a fact, Doc. Well, I just about give it up being out here alone all the time. Didn't seem like it was worth keeping going. Well, a man should never do that, Job. Well, sure not. But a man's wife dies and his boy lights out. Seems there weren't nothing left. And I just got punier and punier. It's gonna be different now, though. Well, I hope so. Well,
5: I gotta be getting along
3: now. Thanks for coming, Doc.
5: Uh, oh, say,
3: Tad's outside there someplace. Why don't you stop and see him? Ooh, that yeah. boy sure growed up man side.
5: <laughs> yeah, you bet, Job. I want to see him. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, Tad? Yeah, I'm Tad. Well, it's been quite a spell since I've seen you, lad. I'm Doc Adams. I remember. <laughs> I've just been with your pa.
6: i seen you drive up.
5: Yeah, well, I thought you might like to know what shape he's in.
6: <laughs> he's crumbling, like everything else around
5: here. But well, you know, you can help him. Yeah, well, you know, it's a good thing you're home, Tad.
6: How do you figure?
5: Well, uh, there's, there's not much that I can do for him. He's old and he's tired and he, he's just about worn through. Well, but you, well, you can do a lot for him.
6: You mean you want me to nurse him?
5: No, I don't want you to nurse him. <laughs> but, but you can do the chores for him, or you can keep the place going. And Most of all, you you can talk to him. Talk to him? Yeah, that's right. That, that's mostly what I've been coming around here for, <laughs> to give him somebody to talk to once in a while.
6: Now, look, Doc, I ain't his little boy no more. I ain't going to hold his hand. Well, I don't remember asking you to. Maybe not. But if you think I come back here to take care of a broken down old man and a broken down farm, you got another thing coming. What did you come home for? I come home because I didn't have nowhere else to go. But I'm taking care of that right soon.
4: Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, limited by law, 18
0: plus, and conditions, apply. See website for details.
7: Another visit with Joe and Daphne
0: Forsyth.
7: Ooh,
2: Ow! ouch, ooh. What's wrong, Joe?
7: Daphne, have you been using my razor again?
2: Just a little. I was peeling peaches.
7: Oh, fine. Why didn't you change the blade? It feels like you've been sharpening pencils with this thing.
2: Now, just a minute, buddy. It was you who said we could use more economy around here. And I've been saving wherever I can. And by shaving the skin off the peaches... But look at my
7: face. Think how the Red Cross could have used all this blood.
2: It's your own fault. You and your economy.
7: Well, being penny conscious isn't such a bad idea. Not if you use common sense. Take savings bonds, for instance.
2: Uh Uh-uh. Here it comes.
7: Go right ahead and scoff. But I got eight million Americans who agree with me. We all buy savings bonds on the payroll saving plan because we know that investing in bonds is the best way to use our money.
2: We could use some of that money around here.
7: Well, maybe, or maybe we just think we can. When we buy bonds, we guarantee we'll have the money in the future when we'll certainly need it more.
2: Stop waving that razor. You're splattering me with soap.
7: Well, I don't mean to get excited, but who wouldn't? Where else can a man make an investment that's guaranteed to pay off $4 for every three? And guaranteed by the credit of the whole U.S. of A. So there.
2: Bravo! Bravo! All right,
7: all right. Now let me change the blade and get back to shaving.
2: I think I'll stay and watch. Why? Because you're so cute when you cut yourself.
7: Oh, fine.
4: Have some coffee, Doc. Might make you feel better. Chester may it? Yeah.
5: That'd make me feel worse. But I guess I'd rather have dyspepsia than the problem Job's got. All right, pour me a
4: Okay. Job's boy, huh? You know, as I remember him, he wasn't worth much as a kid.
5: But he's grown up the same way. I tell you, Matt, that boy's as worthless as they come.
4: It's too bad his four years away. didn't do him any good. He's just bigger and meaner,
5: that's all.
8: Hello, oh, Chester. Mm, Chester. Well, what's the matter with you two?
4: Doc just had some of your coffee. That always makes a man pretty sober.
8: Oh, now, Mr. Dillon, it ain't that bad. Well, oh, that was a fresh egg I used in it this time. Matter of fact, it wasn't as bad as usual, Chester. Well now, Doc, I'm glad. Doc's just
4: been telling me about seeing old Job this
8: morning. Say, don't he have a boy named Tad? That's right. It's about all he has got.
4: Well, it's a shame. Huh? What do you mean?
8: I've been watching him down at the Long Branch this evening.
4: You mean he's there now?
8: He was when I left. And I must say, Mr. Dillon, he don't look to me like he's going to be much comfort to his pa.
4: Is he causing trouble?
8: Well, not trouble, exactly. He's just bellying up to the bar, swilling down drinks, and acting like he wants everybody to know how big and growed up he is. Well, he'd be in trouble if anybody treated him that way. That's just what I think, Doc. And some of the boys are riling him up pretty good, too. Ah.
4: I think maybe I'll go down
8: there. Want me to come with you, Mr. Dillon?
4: Yeah, if you want to, Chester. I just want to reacquaint myself with Ted. It'll be no pleasure. I'm sort of curious to see just how big a man he really is.
6: Why don't you move over, Mr. All right, boy. There's room for both of us at the bar. Just don't crowd me.
8: Ain't you Joe Harley's boy? Yeah. Here, your pa's been feeling poorly lately. Getting any better? I ain't
6: noticed. He's real sick, ain't he? He's done. The place is done.
8: Yeah. Good thing you come home.
6: You can. Look after him a little bit. That any of your business? Just sort of figured. You can keep your figuring to yourself. Every low living bum in town thinks I come home to nurse the old man. Now, easy, boy. I quit being a boy when I left here, Mister. I've been doing man sized things for four years. Why don't you, you shut up? Shoving me! And straighten yourself up out of my drink. Go on, now. Get. I'll show you. I said... What? me, will you? You're going to die for that, mister, right now. All right,
4: hold it there. What? Drop the gun. Now you stand back. I said drop it.
6: Blast you...
4: Pick up the gun, Chester. Yes, sir. Give me that. You stand where you are. All right, Tanner,
6: what happened to you? Well, uh, I shoved it, Marshal. Why? Because he's a mean, ornery, no good, and I got tired of listening to him talk, that's all. I got a right to have my gun. Here, now you or down. You're Ted Harley, aren't you? How do you know? I've been hearing about you. Listen, Marshal, You got I...
4: some special trouble with Tanner here?
6: He's been crowding me, just like everybody else in this town. Oh, about what? About the old man. About how I should be looking after him.
4: Now what's wrong with that?
6: It ain't what I come here to do, that's what's wrong with it. And it ain't nobody's business what I do.
4: Not as long as you mind your own,
6: it isn't. You got no call to tell me what to do, Monty. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what not to do. You are gonna give me back my gun now?
4: All right, give it time, Chester.
6: Well, I... Don't... All right. Someday this town's gonna find out about me. Find out good.
8: Well, I sure am glad to see that one go. I swear he have been keeping this place stirred up ever since he come in this afternoon. Uh, let's have us a beer, Mr. Dillon. All right, Chester. I'll be proud to buy it. You will? Yes, sir.
4: <laughs> well, good. Hey, Sam, a couple of beers, huh? Two beers.
8: You know, there's going to be more trouble from that boy, Mr. Dillon.
4: Oh, I don't know, Chester. He could be just a loud, bragging kid. Or the badness could be full grown in him. I don't know.
8: Either way, it's mighty hard on poor old Job. Well, he's done nothing for four whole years, but just wait for the day his boy would come home. He
4: was better off waiting.
8: (sighs) I wonder when Job will find out this boy's no count.
4: Well, Job's old and sick, but he's not blind, Chester.
8: Yeah, but he don't deserve a disappointment like this.
4: No, he doesn't. Job's a good man.
8: I remember Ms. Harley telling me one time she had five babies and Tad was the only one that lived.
4: That must be the exception to the rule.
8: How's that, Mr. Dillon?
4: Doesn't sound much like the survival of the fittest.
8: it's so hot, man worked up a sweat just whittling. With the sun burning down like this, Mr. Dillon, makes it hard for a body to remember the cold and shivering misery of the wintertime, don't it?
4: <laughs> you suffer pretty bad in the winter, don't you, Chester?
8: Well, I guess I don't exactly suffer... W- wouldn't you think they'd be some way of taking some of this heat and packing it away so as you could spread it around in the wintertime?
4: <laughs> you work on that, Chester. We sure don't need it all today.
8: Mm, that's a fact. Say, you know, then maybe they could save up some of the cold of the wintertime and use it on days like this.
4: I'm going to spell you a riddle, Chester.
8: Hmm?
4: They already do that.
8: They do? Sure, <laughs> in our ice house. In here. Uh... <laughs> sure, in the ice house. Sure enough, they do, don't they? <laughs> Look, ain't that Lynn Baylor riding up there? Yeah. Hello, Marshal. Chester. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Len.
6: Uh, Hey, Marshal, I just come by Job Harley's place. He's awful anxious to
8: see you. Oh, it's trouble. Well, he didn't tell me, Marshal. He said to ask you to come out there right away. Oh. I hope that boy of his ain't been acting up none. Well,
4: I better go out there and see, I guess. You watch the store, will you, Chester?
8: Yes, sir, I will, Mr. Dillon.
4: Another visit with Joe and
7: Daphne Forsythe. Joe? Yeah, Daphne.
2: Look at this story about savings bonds in the paper.
7: Yeah, what about it?
2: Do you think that's the best way to tell people about savings bonds? Why not? Look,
7: see, it says here that savings bonds are a guaranteed investment. Right now, they pay off at the rate of four bucks at maturity for every three bucks invested. Uh uh-uh. uh. You're not convinced?
2: Mm Mm-mm. Why not? No salesmanship.
7: No salesmanship? What more do you need to know? Why, right now, more than 8 million Americans are buying saving bonds regularly through the payroll savings plan. So? So what?
2: That's what I say. So what?
7: Now, look, Daphne. If millions of Americans are convinced that saving bonds are their best investment, not only financially, but for the future of their country, what the heck is bothering you?
2: Well, I think they could sell a lot more with salesmanship. You know, slogans and jingles. L- listen, if you're spending more and saving less, try a savings bond.
3: Oh, boy.
2: Or or maybe a savings bond pay good like a, an investment should. Daphne. You get a lot to like in a savings bond. Interest, earnings guaranteed. Wow. Well... Did I sell you?
7: Yeah, but I forgot what it was you were selling.
2: <laughs> Savings bond. I'll take a hundred. Oh, Joe.
4: Hey, Job. Matt Dillon. Yes.
3: Come in, Marshal. Come in.
4: Hey, you got trouble out here, Job?
3: Oh, sure, I'm glad you could come out, Marshal. Been wanting to see you.
4: Oh, what about? Uh,
3: sure is a bright hot day, isn't it, Marshal?
4: Yeah.
3: I don't take to the heat as well as I used to.
4: Job, you didn't call me out here to tell me it's hot. What's on your mind? Is it about your boy?
3: You seen him, Marshal? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. It's a long branch. He's growed big, ain't he? Too big, maybe, Job. Is he here?
4: he going gone off.
3: You know anything about raising boys, Marshal?
4: that's yeah, a little out of my line, Job.
3: Well, a man wants his boy to carry on all the good things he's got. None of the bad. Yeah. That's a pretty big order, isn't it? But that's what a man wants for his son. To be good. To be better than he was.
4: Yeah, some boys never grow up to be the men their fathers were, Job.
3: It ain't easy raising them. man don't want to mother his boy to death. Nor ride herd on him too much, neither. You're going to tell me something, Job? What's a man to do when he finds his son has just picked up all the bad ways and none of the good? What's a man to do then, Marshal?
4: Let go of him, Job.
3: But a man's son, Marshal, he's carrying his name. He can't let him carry it to perdition.
4: He can't hurt your
3: name, Job, only his own. That ain't true, Marshal. I ain't been much. The people I come from weren't much neither, but we always kept the name clean, Marshal.
4: What's Tad done, Job? Where uh, is he?
3: A man don't expect his son to strike it. Rich, maybe, but he expects him to keep the name clean. Job.
4: Job, will you tell me? Well, tell you what, Marshal? Why did you call me out here? You just didn't want to talk about your
3: boy, did you? Marshal, I always like to talk to you. Have you always been a good friend?
4: I am your friend, Joe, but you better start talking straight or I'm heading back to town.
3: You're going to find out, Marshal. Mr. Dillon? what's Chester doing out here? Yeah, what's the
4: matter?
8: Mr. Dillon, there's just been a hold of the bank.
4: What? Any shooting?
8: Yes, sir, there was.
4: How many were there? Just one.
3: You get away? Mr. Harley. He didn't. Was he hurt? Worse than that, Mr. Dunn. Well, who was it? Well, he's uh, dead, ain't he? Tad's dead. Tad? Was it Tad, Chester? Yes, sir, it was.
4: I'm sorry, Joe. It
3: had to be. You don't seem surprised. No, Marshal. I've been seeing it coming. Ever since the boy come home, he was bad clear through, Marshal. He's robbed before and killed, too. He told you that? He carried pieces out of newspapers around with him. Pieces there had been written about him. He was proud of it, Marshal. Said it made him feel big. Well, some of them feel that way for a while. I couldn't talk him out of it. I couldn't hold him, but I could see it was stopped. You knew about today? I knew. Why didn't you tell me about it? I figured you'd take his gun and maybe lock him up for a while. He had to be stopped for good, Marshal. I might have done that if I'd been in Dodge, Joe. I know that, Marshal, but it would have gone hard with you to have to kill my boy. You're my friend, Marshal. That's why I seemed to it you'd be here. And then I said word to the bank that Tad was coming. Oh. You made a hard choice, Job. Well, it's like I told you, Marshal. Man has to keep his name clean.